0: This is episode 469 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Cast Iron Cooking and Cookware Tips for the Beginner. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now Audible Books was one of the inspirations for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook that just starts and provides value. I love to learn and grow through audiobooks and Audible makes that very easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join for free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free audiobooks. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you keep the books that you have downloaded. For more information, click on the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash Audible. All right, if you are listening to the podcast on Thursday, the day that it's released. Uh, that, that would be Thursday, December 20th, 2018. Well, this is the day that I'm going to be interviewing Linda Loosely of FoodStorageMoms.com. Now, Linda's going to be talking about organizing your preps, and she is the person to do it because she does a great job of doing this. I've been linking to her articles For a long long time and she does a great job of organizing and making everything fit into where it's supposed to fit right so if you have uh, you know your your prepper closet or if you have your prepper room or your prepper garage or whatever and your things are just kind of strewn everywhere or there's just just disorganized man this is the one to listen to So I'm going to link to the Facebook event page so that you can click on over there. And uh, of course, that's going to be linked and all that kind of stuff. But uh, just know that it's going to be on the Prepper website Facebook page at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I hope you can join me again. That's going to be today, (laughs) December 20th, Thursday, December 20th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you will join me. All right, so let's go ahead and jump to our article of the podcast. It comes to us from modern survivalblog.com, and the article is entitled Cast Iron Cooking and Cookware Tips for the Beginner. So, I've been linking to cast iron articles on Prepper Website from the very beginning. I've linked to a lot of articles, and uh, you know, before Prepper Website, I really didn't cook with a lot of cast iron. I have purchased some cast iron and I use it now. There's definitely a little bit of a learning curve just because you're not going to go in uh, you're not going to you know clean it with soap and stuff like that uh, you don't want to do that and this article talks about that and there's you know you want to make sure it's hot and all that good stuff so it doesn't get it doesn't get stuck on food and you don't have issues and again this article talks about that so if you are thinking about cast iron cooking or maybe you're going uh, camping and you're, you're you're buying a couple of cast iron, you know, maybe a Dutch oven, maybe a skillet or whatever, you know, this is really the article to kind of kick it off for you and gives you a lot of great information. And so I'm going to challenge those of you that are listening to this article uh, and those that have been cooking with, with cast iron for a long time to come over to episode 469 and share any more of your tips Because again, this is a beginning article and those that are beginning to to do that or those that are wanting to cook with cast iron and or or maybe you have cast iron and you're having issues and you're just you're not getting it right. So this will get you started on it. But those of you that have been cooking for a while, if there's anything here that you think that this beginning article missed, man, come over to episode 469. And again, I make that very easy for you because in the show notes. I have a link that goes directly to episode 469, and then you can come and drop whatever tips and advice that you have, and then I'll share that in another or in a future episode so that other people can, can benefit from your advice. Now, on this article, there's 94 comments, so there's a lot of information here. So let's go ahead and get started. My intention for this article is to post a few tips for the cast iron cook wannabe. This is for beginners or for those who have only thought about using a Dutch oven and are intimidated by trying something new. Be assured that cast iron cooking is almost foolproof. There are a variety of recipes including pizza, chili, pies, and breakfast. But to start out, keep it simple and enjoy your success as you move up in confidence and experience. So there's there's three primary cast iron cookware pieces and uh, this article is going to talk about three of them. So, how we cook in cast iron using three different pieces of cast iron cookware, the stovetop skillet, the stovetop Dutch oven, and then the camp oven, also known as a legged Dutch oven. The cooking procedure is identical for all cast iron cookware in this article. I will only explain it for the skillet. So the cast iron stovetop skillet. I place the skillet on the burner at a medium to low temperature. I then add a little oil, which I swish around with a basting brush like these, but avoiding having a puddle. Truthfully, I use my finger, but I do it before the heat is on and I don't tell anyone. I always start with oil. If I want to use butter, I will add that later after the food is in the pan so it doesn't burn. And so there's uh, Ken is the editor here uh, or the website owner, and he adds I asked him about his preferred oil and this was the response of the author. I only use olive oil when sauteing onions, peppers, and the like on low heat in a skillet. Otherwise, I use a lighter oil like grapeseed oil in all other situations in all cookware pieces. The skillet is heated up until the handle is warm but not so hot you can't touch it. If you don't heat it up first, the food will get Welded to the pan and you will have a very difficult skillet to clean. I learned this the hard way when I placed a leaned venison steak into a cold pan with oil and left the room as it heated up. When it was time to flip it over, I had to extract it with a pair of pliers. (laughs) Oh man. All right, so heating up empty cast iron won't hurt it. In fact, that is how it is seasoned. Another topic for another time. So regardless of what goes into the utensil, I always have a film of oil in it. Even when something, even with something like bacon. I turn down the heat on the skillet for over easy eggs and turn off the burner right before I flip it. Leave it in the pan until I have the bagel buttered. Now my wife has a technique down for hash browns from fresh potatoes that I have not been able to master. She has them on a higher heat but somehow does the onions without them burning i don't know how she does it it's the only secret that i let her keep and i believe it is the only one she's got or so i'm told now the stovetop dutch oven in our house is primarily for doing stews roast beef simmering on the burner for hours like the skillet it is oiled first the meat onions can be braised sautéed before adding the other ingredients With the tight-fitting heavy lid, there is a slight pressure cooking effect, and the entire mass of cast iron heats up the ingredients and guarantees to finish perfectly. It almost takes an effort to ruin something in a Dutch oven, although we often use a trivet to prevent burning or to keep the bottom layer of food from getting too soggy if there is a concern and so some of the items that he's talking about in this article are linked to amazon and uh, one of them like this trivet is uh, very inexpensive and so i put it in my cart for a future purchase on an electric stovetop if there is a concern of burning the cookware can be placed on top of a metal plate or griddle we also avoid using tomatoes and cast iron we have a porcelain version for such recipes The exception would be chili recipes in the camp oven, which is next. So, the camp oven, though similar to the stovetop Dutch oven, has significant differences and advantages. It perches above the coals on three legs and has a rim top for placement of coals for top down heat. This makes for nice, crispy, brown food impossible in the stovetop Dutch oven. We use our camp oven when we go camping and prepare a meal to cook while we are out hiking. Get the coals going before you head out, then load up the ingredients. When you come back from the trail, you will have a hot, delicious meal ready to eat. And we have often left camp under sunny skies to come back in a rain. I suggest keeping the oven covered by some MacGyver method, a tarp perhaps high enough to not melt. Now, some people would say that that you wouldn't want to leave a fire going or a cold, you know, coals going like that, uh, in a camping situation when you're not in the campground. So, you know, you've got to, you know, whatever you're going to do, you need to be responsible there. Another wonderful aspect of the camp oven is that when set out in the sun for an hour or so, it will get so hot that you won't be able to touch it without using oven or grill gloves. This means a head start on warming it up and means less charcoal. Now that's a great tip for camping that I never thought about and even with all the years as a boy scout camping no one ever used that tip ever you know it was always and we did cook with with uh you know cast iron but we never used that tip and that's just that's really smart. All right continuing on and there's another advantage it can use free fuel source with chunks of wood. I've used pellets also but charcoal is the easiest to use and to gauge heat levels. There are charts for so many heat units per briquette which I take as a suggestion. I prefer the peak and probe method of determining doneness. So I'm going to just stop right there. Um, There was an article years ago and I've tried to find it and I haven't been able to recently where um, it talked about the heat and being able to gauge the heat with how far and you know how high your hand was from it and how hot it felt or whatever and so I mean that was just kind of a gauge so if you ever were to cook with uh cast iron and you were out in a camping situation or maybe a survival situation and you have cast iron but you don't have charcoal or the briquettes you you run out of those then you want to have an idea of what that would be like so I'm going to continue to try to find that article. It's been a long, long time. I believe it was kind of like in a chart form, but it had this great, you know, this great information on. Uh, and of course, you know, it's going to be subjective and all that kind of stuff. But at least it was, uh, you know, gave you a roundabout figure of how hot it could be. So anyway, and if I if I remember correctly, it was a Dutch oven or a cast iron. Type article and it also had the equivalent of brick so you know this uh you know this compared to briquettes or charcoal um if i remember correctly but it's like i said it's been a long long time so if i find it i will link it but i've, I've had trouble finding it all right so let me let me continue on maybe i'll stop yapping here a wonderful quality of cast iron is that it keeps the food cooking after the coals are out and will stay warm for second helpings Law. Lo- Long after it has been removed from the heat. I used a large pan underneath the oven to contain and focus the heat of the coals, but I have found out they don't burn well due to lack of airflow. I start the coals in a chimney starter placed on top of the lid. When they are ready, I dump all of them on the lid. With a pair of grill tongs, set approximately half as many under the oven as are on the lid. Recently, I've set the briquettes on top of one fourth inch wire mesh so that it can shake out the ash and retain the burning coals. The mesh also increases airflow. So something else about the Dutch or the camp oven um, that is not mentioned here is that you can stack Dutch ovens or camp ovens on top of each other. And so, you know, you can have, um, you can cook multiple things on top, so let's just say you wanted to do chili or or some kind of stew, and then you had some kind of other thing going on. Maybe you wanted to cook some rice in the one above that, and then you could cook something like a, a cobbler in the one above that. So you could stack them, which is which is really, really cool. But you know, if you're doing stuff like that, you definitely want to have the, the gloves. You want to have also some pliers or some way to open up, you know, there's the hook that you can use to open up the lid, but you know, you're going to want to have that to to be able to move things around. So just FYI on that one. Okay, so let's continue on. Most recently, we had a very large chicken, 5.5 pounds, that was too big to fit into our countertop rotisserie. So it went into the camp oven. In a four-quart Dutch oven, I first placed the trivet, russet potatoes cut in half, layered on the bottom, and the chicken on top. Lots of briquettes went on the lid, some underneath, and it cooked for several hours. An occasional peek and probe into the dense joint area with a the meat thermometer until it was finally declared done. The skin under the briquette layer lid was a, was crispy and juicy. The meat itself developed a rich flavor and tenderness Unequaled by any other method I've tasted. The only mistake possible would have been to have taken it off too early. It won't overcook as long as the last briquettes were placed halfway through the cook time, like 45 to 60 minutes before. Now, finally, one last tip on cleaning a very dirty, greasy lid. As you should know, do not use soap on bare cast iron cookware, as the soap fragrance embeds into the seasoning and then into your food. Recently I had a lid that was coated in a very thick grease that just wouldn't come off. I got it as clean as it has ever been by turning it upside down and filling it with heat and that's H-E-E-T and that's like an antifreeze type thing um, or you know chemical that you can buy and lighting it on fire and after that the lid was filled with sand and scoured and I scoured it Finally, it was rinsed off in hot water with no residue of any sort. If you try this, be very careful as the flame is huge and is invisible. So man, that's, uh, you know, I'm just wondering because you don't want to use soap because the fragrant, fragrance will be absorbed into the cast iron, but I'm surprised that heat wouldn't. Maybe it burns off too quickly. I, I don't know. I'm not sure about that but uh, you know that's that's one thing to consider you got to be very very careful about that the other thing about using soap is that it takes off the seasoning and so you'll have to reseason it and that's another reason why you don't want to use soap but if you do the things like he's talked about here as far as the oil you know you're making sure that it heats up before you start throwing food into it you're using the oil and all that good stuff very rarely are you going to have a buildup that just can't be easily scraped off. Okay, so let's end up uh, here with this last paragraph. It says, my own preference in cast iron is the Lodge brand. In spite of the criticism of the rough casting, it is the best choice for beginners to avoid the laborious seasoning task. Older pieces like the one passed down to me through the generations is glass smooth and is preferable, but... You can't always get what you want. I prefer the 5-quart Lodge Dutch oven with handle for our stovetop oven. The history of the oven goes back to unknown origins. I should like to read this book someday, The Dutch Oven Chronicles, their use in the United States. There's a link there for that. All right. So, you know, good article, good starting article and maybe it will get you thinking about using cast iron you know, one of the things when you get on Facebook or you get on social media, or maybe you start reading comments is you'll always find someone that says, Hey, I found this great cast iron and it was all rusted. And I, you know, I cleaned it up and I seasoned it. And now look how beautiful it looks. And my thing is, you know, I, I never find cast iron, you know dutch ovens and in skillets and different things like that and maybe it's because i live in houston and it's so big and so if someone goes into a place or they go to a garage sale or whatever i mean they're going to they're going to you know pick it up pretty quickly but uh, i never get those types of deals man you know but there's there's if you go to a garage sale or you wind up being in a thrift store or you know you're you're in a situation like that maybe even an antique store where you find an old rusted piece of cast iron cooking cookingware for whatever reason, just know that even if it's rusted out, you can clean that up very easily, and you can reseason it, and you can use it. So they last for a lifetime. Cast iron, you know, cooking whatever it is, will last probably longer than you. More than likely, will last longer than you, and you can pass that on down to your your kids if you teach them how to use it. Well, they'll look at it as something that's very valuable and not some old looking black, you know, Dutch oven or pot or whatever that just needs to be thrown away. And so you know, that's that's one thing is like you, it'll be one of the last type of pots or Dutch ovens or skillets or whatever that you'll ever need. The other thing is you got to consider that they're going to be kind of heavy. So depending on your strength, um, you know, I have a really huge skillet that I found uh, and I think it was marked wrong, but I found it years ago and, uh, but it is very heavy. And so when you grab it and you're moving it around, especially if you have food in it or whatever, you just gotta, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be thinking about it because you don't want to drop it. And for instance, that, you know, in your kitchen, you have tile, you don't want to drop you know something like a cast iron uh, skillet or a Dutch oven or something like that. It's gonna it's gonna break break the tile. So you know be thinking about that. You know you want to use two hands if you uh, if if it's something you know rather big and heavy. And so just be smart about it. So guys, that is over at modernsurvivalblog.com. Like always, I'm gonna link to it in the show notes. And don't forget if you have a tip for others. Come over to episode 469 and drop it in the comment section so that I can share it out on a future episode. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 469. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And guys, don't forget about the Facebook Live. I hope to see you on Facebook this evening. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.